Welcome to the Debbie Debates. All right, boys. Are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back tonight. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand. You jumped up and... That's Austin Mace. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, B. John Robinson is still going to be that guy. Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm... I'm Felix Sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name one Zach F. Wilson. Screen or draw? Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown. That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, the field on the carry. Watch out. Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus. 51 yards. Vernon, are you ready to go head-to-head with me? I am. Got to get my popcorn out here. Hold on. Got to continue. I got to Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Um, well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. Our apologies to Kirk Street and Atlanta's time. We'll get to reschedule soon. And from that pruning and Austin Nate, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck. Congratulations are in order, Matthew. I don't know if you've noticed, but we surpassed 2,000 subscribers on YouTube. I had no idea. Um, so congrats to the company. Congrats to you all for <laughs> supporting us. Yeah. We're an independent brand. There's nobody here with a journalism degree from Northwestern or Syracuse. There's no support from On3 or 24-7 Sports. It's just you guys and us. And we did it. We got to 2,000. So congratulations to you. Um, I can't wait for the future. We're going to keep putting out content. Uh, thank you for the new people are joining. If you haven't, been around with us for a long time. This is the Debbie Debate Show. We basically talk about college football players uh, with a look to the future and who has a – we talk about a lot of stuff, but that's kind of how we started. We might even change the name of the show. Matthew's here. I'm Felix Sharp. Matthew's at Sports Fanatic MB. We have two other co-hosts who are not here today with us who normally are. Austin Nace, who – is a billionaire and is on uh, a yacht somewhere. And Chris Moxley, who actually is in vacation somewhere. So they're not here tonight if you're new. They are normally around. We normally have four people on this plan, uh, on this panel. But thank you. Thank you for coming to the live show. You can interact with us. You can drop a comment wherever you're watching. Um, I see Terry already in the chat. I've never seen Terry before. Uh, and Cooper, uh, we appreciate you joining us. We'll get to your questions We've taken some questions from our Discord. If you're a member of CampusCan.com, you get to interact with us in the Discord, and we've taken some questions from there. But before we get to those, Matt, um, Evan Stewart entered the transfer portal. I don't think this is as, as a surprise. After Jimbo left and after they hired Mike Elko, and he didn't travel with the team to uh, to LSU. So we got to kind of talk about where he could potentially land. Now, I think we've kind of learned from years prior when we try to predict where players will land, you can't really predict because you would think, all right, maybe they'll go closer to home. That really hasn't been true. Maybe they'll go to some place they visited before. That really hasn't been true. It's really just, it seems like the best fit for that particular player. I'm thinking of uh, off the top of my head, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs entered the transfer portal out of Georgia tech. I thought that Tennessee was a potential landing spot because the running back, if I remember, I can't remember what his name, but there was a running backs coach that had recruited him that he had a good relationship with that ended up at Tennessee. Anyway, he ends up at Alabama. Um, DJ Uyunglele, we thought that he could end up, you know, going back home or closer to home. He kind of did, but I don't think anybody suspected he would end up at Oregon State. Uh, Carson Steele, 
coming out of the Midwest, going to UCLA, Jordan Addison coming going from Pittsburgh to uh, USC. Jamison Williams Williams is from Missouri. When he entered the transfer portal, I mean, you know, you, you can't really peg where where it is that these guys are going to go. So, um, Matt, we got a lot of new people here. Yeah, say hello to them. Hello, hello everybody. Sir. How are we doing? Let me tell you about Matthew. First of all, he's an Ohio State <laughs> fan. You can't see it behind him, but he's got a nope. signed Justin Field yep. and a signed Garrett Wilson. There you go. There you go. He is not objective. He is Garrett a diehard Wilson. Kyle McCord fan, Justin and Fields. he's been wrong pretty now much. Now my camera's messed up. That's uh, Matthew. That's, that's debatable about everything. I'm right more often than I'm wrong, I think. But you know, he's that's been objective. right. He was right on Aiden Childs. He was right on Quinshawn Judkins. And that's all that matters. He, he was right on those two. Uh, Matthew, introduce yourself and and, uh, uh, and tell us what you think about Evan Stewart. So I want to specify really quick to everybody. I don't know that Evan Stewart has officially entered. The person who posted that do rag is not affiliated with anybody and on three doesn't have him in their portal database. I looked, he just linked it to on three. So I don't know if he's trying to pull one over on everybody. I do expect Evan Stewart to enter, but like Evan Stewart hasn't posted anything and on three hasn't posted anything. He just put a graphic up that said on three on there. So I, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm just not sure. I trust Durag, who is the person who posted that. That's all I'm saying. I do think he does enter, though. I think we're going to see a mass exodus of Texas a and regardless of who comes in there. Where do I think? I mean, let's be honest. You named the best school for him to go to. They've done the best job of developing wide receiver talent over the past couple of years. It's Ohio State. And if I don't necessarily believe the rumors that Marvin Harrison Jr. is thinking about coming back, but if if he were, he's the only I, I, established Please don't weapon. start this. Please don't. Uh, start I'm just this. saying, if he because does, Ohio State would be a terrible landing spot. I disagree. For Evan Stewart, an absolutely terrible landing. I disagree spot. because Brian Hartline is an amazing wide receivers coach, and we'll see what happens at the quarterback position because I know that's what your argument is going to be. Marvin Harrison didn't have that great of a year. Outside of them. I would like him to go to Washington. I don't think they have any real wide receivers there. We've seen, you know, what what Kalen DeBoer has been able to do with Romo Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Both, I I don't think either one has announced they're leaving. Probably won't because they have a chance to make the playoffs. They won't announce that anytime soon. But he would step in and be the one there in that office. Now they got to get a quarterback because Michael Penix will be leaving as well. Um, you know, Texas is a pretty good option as well. I think that room's kind of wide open with Worthy leaving Whittington, Avian Sanders. So it'll be, you know, our guy, John Tay Cook, who we really like, but that's it. I think those are the top options personally. I think it would be one of those three. Texas to me makes the most sense. I believe he's from Texas, if I'm remembering correctly. He's from Texas. He's from Texas. Texas, Went to Texas A&M. It's about um, an hour and a half, maybe two hour drive from College Station to Austin, Texas. I I think that would be a perfect fit for him if he wanted to go there. You guys can correct me in the chat, but I think he's from Frisco, Texas. Let me tell you all what happened here, okay? Matthew, that's like Matthew does not prepare for the show, so Ohio State was his first uh, uh, thought because he just relies on what he knows. So uh, that's why that's why he went to to Ohio State. Correct. I'm going to give you the list, Matthew, of the potential landing spots. You said Washington. Washington doesn't have a quarterback, so it's not going to be Washington. I understand why you would say that, but it's not well, going to be Washington. Before, unless before we you get like a major transfer. There. Before you continue on your list, though, let, let's let's go down the rabbit hole a little bit here. Kalen DeBoer went into the transfer portal last two years ago and got Michael Penix. I'll give it to you. You believed in him. Not many people did. If he goes in the transfer portal and gets a good quarterback, are you telling me you don't want Evan Stewart, he, the number one okay, in the Washington offense, in the Big Ten conference now? He had a relationship with Michael Penix Jr. That's why Correct. he landed Michael Penix Jr. I, if if Connor Wegman and Evan Stewart are a package deal, kind of like uh, Michael well, Trigg and Jackson Dart. Tra- they're not going to, to, USC. to USC, Georgia, or Texas as a package what do you mean deal. He's not? What do you mean? They're not going as a package deal to USC, no. Georgia, or Texas. Well, I, yes, if it's Connor Wegman. It's, yeah, it's that's Connor what I'm saying. Wegman, pa- I agree, because they, they have quarterback. But if it's a package deal, then I could see that at Washington. But we don't know if that's a package deal. Let, it's my turn. Let me give you ahead, just in, Evan Stewart alone. These are the potential landing spots that make sense to me. Um, Alabama has had some success with transfer wide receivers. Jamison Williams, uh, Jermaine Burton had some moderate success, and then they – 
I don't I don't think we would con- consider Malik Benson a transfer because he was coming out of JUCO, but they brought in guys, you know, from the non-traditional recruiting space into Alabama. The only thing is, is that if I'm Evan Stewart, I want to maximize my NFL potential. And I don't know necessarily that Jalen Milrow is going to do that. I think Jalen Milrow is going to be a Heisman front runner next year, but I don't know that he's going to uh, provide production for his wide receiver core. But I would still put Alabama out there. I would put Texas out there just because, you know, we're still waiting for that 2000, what, 2019 uh, Alabama Steve Sarkeesian offense where Jerry Judy went off, Devonta Smith went off, Henry Ruggs is on that team, and uh, who am I forget? Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, they all were productive in that in that system with Matt Jones at the helm. I, we're waiting for that level of explosiveness from Texas's offense. Evan Stewart would be a great number one wide receiver for Quinn Ewers. So I'd put him up there. But the top two options, in my opinion, actually number two would be USC because Lincoln Riley is Lincoln Riley. That offense is always going to score points. And they have Malachi Nelson there, either Malachi Nelson or Miller Moss. I we should be by the way, that's a side point. I don't Miller Moss is 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 very clearly the backup. Now, let's see what happens when we go into the spring. But if we had to like, you know, play the odds on that one. Miller Boss has a chance to start at Texas. Anyway, Texas is a potential landing spot because USC. of USC. USC, excuse me, at USC. Uh, uh, because of Lincoln Riley, because of Malachi Nelson, they're always going to score points. But I think the number one spot is Georgia. This is not, I put it, I posted a video earlier uh, yesterday because we, or was it Monday? I don't know. I think it was Monday. Because Evan Stewart hadn't traveled with the team. You know, there were these rumblings that he might enter the transfer portal. And you're right, by the way. I thought Pete Thamel had reported that he that Evan Stewart had entered the transfer portal. I don't know where I – listen, they keep – there are all these rumors floating about. I thought look, it was confirmed. It I'll, like I'll be honest yet. with you. It The graphic they looks legit. Yeah. The le- graphic looks legit because when I saw you post that on the show sheet, I was like, oh, wow, really? How did I miss that? And then I saw who posted it. He has a, a ton of fun. He's got like 100 – plus K followers. So he looks like a legitimate account. But then if you go to the account and look at it, it's like, I question the actual source of this information. You know what? The source of my information is those AI writers at Sports Illustrated. SI.com, AI.com. That's a crazy story. But I think Georgia would be my number one potential landing spot. We we saw them just last year bring in two transfer wide receivers and Ra-Ra Thompson, Ra-Ra Thomas and Dominic Lovett. Um, and I think after next year, Carson Beck will be the best quarterback in college football after we lose Drake May and Caleb Williams. Carson Beck is right there. You talk about Jalen Milrow being a Heisman front runner. Carson Beck gonna be right there with him. And not only is he gonna be right there with him, but but look at Carson Beck's game. He loves throwing that ball fifth, between 15 and 20 yards down the field. And if Arian Smith was healthy, and if if Vlad McConkey was healthy all season, I think that we would be seeing Carson Beck throw bombs away uh, this entire year. We haven't really seen it, but if you add Evan Stewart to that wide receiver core, I mean, and and we know that they're going to pass the ball. They're going to pass the ball uh, next year because that's been a strength of their game all season. So those are my potential landing spots, Alabama, Texas, USC, and Georgia number one. I don't like the Georgia call at all. Now, granted, I, I do agree with you, you know, McConkey's been injured for a decent amount of the year. Arian Smith, I, 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 well, he's played twelve games. So I, I, I love, I love me some Arian Smith and his. He's a great. He's a. He's got, he's, a spr- he's a sprinter. Yeah, man, he's got. Ta- he's gonna get drafted in the NFL. But like, can you off the top of your head? Do you know who leads receiving for Georgia with how many yards? Who leads? This- it's got to be uh, uh, Dominic Rosemi Jackson, right? No, it's Dominic Lovett. It's Dominic Lovett. Mm. Do you want to guess how many yards this high passing attack offense that he's the leading receiver of has? I'll give you three guesses if you'd like. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. They spread the ball out. They run those rotations. Of the I mean, they do. So you can't There's, really do it. It's 552 yards. I, I don't. That's, that's no. That is not fine. That is. That's if not Evan Stewart goes there, he's going to be an 11, 1200 yard receiver. I'm sorry, yeah. he is. When's the last time Georgia had an 11, 1200 yard receiver? I mean, I'll go look. I don't feel like it's been any time recent. I don't think – I'm not disagreeing with you on the Carson Beck call. I just – I don't think that that offense is going to pass that much. They just don't. Not with Todd Munkin not there. We saw it this year. They ran the ball a ton. I think they'll continue to do that. Salt There's of actually, the earth. 
says uh, Texas Tech. He's got Texas Tech at number two, the landing nah, spot for Evan so- Stewart. So that at Texas Tech does have what Micah Hudson is going. To That's Texas what I was about Tech to say. Texas. Salt is there. You, I mean, you, you got to worry you, about nothing. You, you got you got. Micah I mean, Hudson you put Evan Stewart and Micah Hudson together in Zach Kitley's office. By the way, have we overrated Zach Kitley? Did we did we jump the gun on that one? Maybe, maybe a little maybe. bit. I'm trying maybe to look at this receiving yards. I'm not. I'm I'm five years in and I've not found anybody with a thousand yards. That includes Brock Bowers, <sighs> who's been like dominant for like two okay. years. I don't but think it matters. I don't think it matters. Listen, it's I a do. different team. It's a different whatever. Whatever. Let me let um, me give you two other teams that I actually think is it. Oh, one that I think is is so, a, so you look you went and prepared for the show while I, I was did. Talking, I just I, you know and you now know, you have you two more for two a long time. Options. Okay, so it ahead. gives me a long time. Um, Oregon is another one that I think is actually interesting. Also going to the Big Ten now they do need a quarterback as well. Um, unless they stick with with freshman Austin Nova says I don't think Ty Thompson's going to be the guy who gets that job or he'll he'll be I guess redshirt freshman sophomore whatever next year Austin Nova said will be but Oregon is another interesting one especially what they've been able to do with Tess Johnson and Troy Franklin this year but one that I could see be of being very interesting they had a lot of su- success this year with the transfer wide receiver they also need a quarterback and would not would be a very interesting package deal if they could make it happen that's Florida State. It'd be very interesting. I think they get Connor Wegman and Evan Stewart to go there. Okay, let us know in the comments uh, who you think uh, if Evan Stewart does in fact enter the transfer portal, where he could land. Uh, fooled by uh, false reports, but I mean, you know, it can be confirmed any in, in, any minute now. Uh, all right, we're taking some questions from our Discord here. Uh, this is the first one from PJ. He says, which coach firing do you think will have the biggest effect on Debbie value next season? Debbie essentially means, you know, the, again, the projection to the NFL for those who are the are uninitiated here. Um, I got my answer. Do you want to go first? Or did you read the show sheet? I did. I put I, you saw my answer. I put it on there. I, I think it's probably Jimbo Fisher because of all the high end talent they have there. And I think how how all of them are likely going to leave which then opens up possibly them increasing or de- decreasing their Debbie value. We just talked about Evan Stewart going to the quarterback position. Connor Wigman, does he go? Where does he go? I think him going to a competent team. I, you know, I just mentioned Florida State, Oregon, Washington. If one of those guys could land him, LSU. I, I mean, I think I'd take him over Garrett Nussmeyer. LSU had a pretty good season the past couple of years as well. If he goes to a good offensive team, I think his his – Stock could increase how much I don't know you know Austin's had him as like the QB one in his class over Drew Allar for the past couple or for most of the season if I'm remembering correctly but even going to the running backs I mean we were pretty high on Le'Veon Moss a couple years ago maybe he transfers out what does he look like I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Reuben Owens leaves I mean he was committed to Louisville almost to the end and then it seemed like once he got the bag he went to Texas A&M what happens with all these guys if they bring in a Mike Elko in this offense maybe doesn't look the way that they thought it was going to be. And they don't succeed. Like I think all these guys could be affected both positively and negatively with the Jimbo firing. So those, to me, that seemed like the biggest one. Cause again, Evan Stewart, Connor Wigman, they're sitting at the top of your quarterback and wide receiver rankings that we assume wherever they transfer, that their value will stay the same or it will go up, but it could honestly decrease if both of them go out there and have bad seasons. If Evan Stewart transfers, I mean, I, I'll just say Georgia because I was just making the argument that they didn't have. Let's say he transfers to Georgia and he doesn't have a good season. He only has 400 yards receiving. Like, yes, we get that he's put on tape for two years that he was a good wide receiver. That's gonna hurt his draft stock some. If Connor Wigman transfers to somewhere else and he doesn't have another, he doesn't have a good season. I think that could hurt him as well. So adding in Le'Veon Moss and Ruben Owens, I think the Jimbo firing was is one that could affect the Debbie value the most. I'm gonna stretch the name, the stretch the definition of firing. Uh, we all saw Sean Lewis being demoted for for uh, Pat Shermer, and now it looks like he's in the running to be the head coach at San Diego State. By the way, Sean Lewis, better coach than to be considered for, like, San Diego State. I mean, that's the, almost the equivalent of Kent State. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think Sean Lewis is going to be the, be, be the biggest impact or had the biggest impact because he knew what that Colorado offense was was good at and what they weren't good at. They would get the ball out quick or as quick as possible. They didn't really run the ball effectively well. And just, he, I think that he maximized what they could do offensively. I have no idea why he was demoted. I mean, that sounds like a clown show. But if we consider 
you know, uh, is it Omarion Miller? Who's who's the the freshman wide receiver? We consider a lot of people consider Shador Sanders to be, you know, a top draft pick in next year's draft, a potential top draft pick in next year's draft. I think a lot of that has to do with what Sean Lewis did to that offense with him gone, and they don't have you know some freshman uh, uh, left tackle recruits that are going to make that offensive line better. And we know that that position, the offensive line, and quite frankly, the defensive line are hard to recruit in the transfer portal. Then we have, we lose our offensive coordinator. The offensive line is either going to be the same or worse. I I think that Shador Sanders stock probably could take the biggest dip next year because teams are going to have figured that team out have figured that team out. You don't have really Sean Lewis there to cover things up. Now, maybe Pat Sherber is going to be an excellent offensive coordinator and, and you know, spread teams out. And I mean, I mean, that's what Mike Leach did. Mike Leach did. They had the wide splits on the offensive line that got the ball out quick and spread the field out. Maybe they'd do something like that. But I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that. And then let's see, Jimmy Horn will still be there. Xavier Weaver is going to be gone. Um, Travis Hunter will still be there. But I mean, I'm pointing to Sean Lewis. I'm pointing to Sean Lewis as being uh, the biggest impact. All right, here. This is from, uh, if you haven't already, go ahead and like the video. Really appreciate it. Um, this is from Andrew DeBoer. By the way, Andrew, if you're watching this, are you related to Kalen? If you're related to Kalen DeBoer and you get us a five-minute interview, you have a, a lifetime subscription to CampusToCan.com for free. Lifetime subscription. Uh, he asked, lots of talk of Ashton Genty, the Boise State running back, needing to hit the portal, but is it actually better for his draft stock if he stays put If he stays put and balls out again? I, I don't have a problem with a running back from the G5 with NFL you know, size and athleticism just staying where they are and producing where they are, and, and specifically Boise State. Boise State has as good a track record as anyone in producing NFL and ta- NFL running back talent. Jeremy McNichols didn't really work out, but you got Jay Ajayi from there. You've got um, uh, Doug Mar- B- the Muscle Hamster from Boise State. So I mean, Boise. Even let's go back. <coughs> excuse me. Should hit the cough button. Boise State's skill position. By the way, this is I should I, I've told this story before. What year was it? It had to be 2000, between 2010 and 2015, and Boise State opened the season against Michigan State while I was uh, living in downtown Lansing. I'm going to the bank that morning, and who do I run into but Coach Chris Peterson? He's there on the side, on the side, on the sidewalk. I pull over, I pull over, jump out of the car, and say, Hey, coach, can I get a picture? And I, I think his son was walking with him. It was a little kid, and the kid took the picture got a picture with coach Peterson who's now what on the CBS desk he's on one of these desks so I've seen um but Boise State has an excellent track record for running back production and um running back putting running backs in in the NFL so I would want him to just stay there if let's take an example from last year Carson Steele transfers from Ball State to UCLA did that did that really impact his draft capital capital maybe we don't know yet you know we don't know yet but I have no no issue with Ashton Genty staying there and just continuing to produce. Now, George Helani has another another year of eligibility. That would be the only hiccup. Like, I mean, we've seen what Ashton Genty could do this season. He It's got to be like a 90-10 split. I'm sorry. I know that George Helani is the upperclassman and the veteran in there, but if it's a merit-based system, come on, coaches. By the way, who's going to be the head coach at Boise State? Is it going to be um, – uh, uh, Kellen Moore, if it's going to be Kellen Moore, whoever it is, you got to get a 90-10 split with Ashton Genty getting the majority of the, of the work. You know what I said to, to Chris Peterson when I met him? I told him, I'm a big-time Lions fan, I told him, I told him, thank you for Titus Young. Um, And then Titus Young went and, like, had a mental breakdown and, like, left the team after year two or three. I can't remember what it was. So, uh. Do you have any thoughts on this question, Matthew? Yeah. um, I don't know that I'm putting the running back track record on Boise State. I'm putting it more on Brian Harson and Chris Peterson because they both also had a ton of success with running backs when they moved on to Washington and Auburn, respectively. 
since those guys left, they actually haven't produced an NFL running back. So to me, I think it's more the coaches. We loved Brian Harson. That's why we talked up Tank Bigsby. I don't remember who it was a couple of years ago. Uh, whenever Harson went to, I don't remember. Maybe it was Auburn and Tank Bigsby had the one good year and bad. I don't remember. But I do think that GNT does. I'm going to give you guys a little behind the scenes talk here and actually see he's in the chat. So I'm, I hope he enjoys this. Uh, Mike Valerie, who does uh, Back to Devi, the second best Devi podcast around right behind us at Devi Debate. Uh, he all constantly talks about how G5 running backs don't typically get drafted in, on day two. And so I asked him about it because I don't remember exactly what the stat was. And he said there's two of them uh, in the past, you know, whatever, that have been drafted in day two. It's Tajay Spears and Kareem Hunt. And then about three minutes later, he said, wait, no, actually, I forgot about Antonio Gibson uh, and and Darrington Evans. Oh, wait, and Terrell Henderson. Wait, and then Devin Singletary. Regardless, I do think that that he does need to transfer up. You are taking a massive risk, but I don't – I know you weren't comparing him to Carson Steele. Carson Steele is not what I would say like – I love Carson Steele. I wrote an article about him before anybody was talking about him. It's on the website. Go look it up. I, I, I talked about him being – I don't remember who I – I I, ta- I don't remember who I talked about. I, I talked about him being the next year's Rasheen Ali, and he ended up finishing, I believe, as a top five RB the year prior at Ball State before he transferred up to UCLA. So there's another win for you, Felix, You know, since you like talking about my losses. I think that he needs to transfer up. It's a risky move, as you were just talking about, with Carson Steele. We actually liked the move to UCLA with what Chip Kelly's been able to do with his running backs, and we thought it was going to work out, and it didn't. So you are taking a risk, but I think you have a better shot if you go to a P5 school, and even if you are just average, having what you did and dominating in the G5 and then going to a P5 and even just being an average running back, I think gives you a better chance of being drafted on day two, or at least early day three, which I think still matters for a running back, than just staying at Boise State and dominating. Because right now, we don't know that that will happen. We don't know who that head coach is going to be, what that split's going to be with George Helani. So it's a really hard question to answer because we don't know if we had a school that we could kind of analyze where he's going and say that is a better fit. But I personally think he should transfer up. I wonder if Chris Peterson is just done coaching. I mean, he's relatively young. Like, could you just go back and get Chris Peterson? Those would be my top two candidates in Boise State. Chris Peterson, come back, or Kellen Moore, come back. I would want one of those two guys. Um, I mean, they're like they're 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 on the Mount Rushmore of Boise State football. You know, whatever. So, um, okay, this one is from Pound the Rock thirty four. You forgot Connor about Ray- Alexander Madison too. I meant to say that he also he's had some Alexander Madison. That's another but one. He was also a Brian Horson running back. That's why I, I meant wait. To bring you that disagreed up. with me though. You disagreed what? with me on him staying. You're you're, you're list. You're aren't you listing all? Oh, these no, guys? I'm talking about. We forgot to mention Alexander Madison, but he was part of Brian Horson. He was there for the three years Brian Horson was there. But I just okay. we forgot to mention him, and he was a good running back to come from there. Sorry, wait, are you on team stay or team go? For team go. Go to the P5. Okay, all right. Um, this is from Pound the Rock 34. If Connor Wegman hits the portal, where is the perfect landing spot to maximize his value? That's from Pound the Rock. What do you think, Matt? I'm sticking with Florida State or Oregon. I think but either one. I mean, I feel like Washington is the answer for everybody, so I'm not going to give that answer again. Oregon, I think, ha- is a team that could. I still think Austin Novosad is a very good quarterback. They have Willie Stein there, who was trying to get him to UTSA. They have a good um, rapport and everything. I think Novosad will work very well in that system, in Willie Stein's system. But Connor Wegman's a more talented quarterback, as much as I like Austin Novosad. So we've seen what he what that offense has been this year. I think that'd be a good fit. I also really like Florida State. I mean, I, they don't have anybody there. I, I don't think Rodemaker is anything special. I like the freshman. They're bringing in Luke Cromanhook, but I don't know that he's ready to start day one. You can get Connor Wigman in there. They likely dominate the ACC again. So well, I, I think those are probably the top two for me. If Milrow were to go to the draft, I would like him to go to Alabama as well. But I think Milrow stays. Uh, I agree with you. Milrow stays. Um with regard, okay, so uh, Connor Wegman did not visit another school. He only visited Texas A&M. He's from Texas. 
Now, I don't know how 24-7 list, if they just list schools in alphabetical order. I think they do because the next school yeah. after Texas A&M are Arkansas, Auburn, and Baylor. So um, before the player commits, they are listed in the order that they – Like a probability or whatever. Yeah, and then yeah, once the, they commit, it goes to alphabetical order. The problem is is that there were three crystal balls for Connor Wegman. All of them were you know, Texas A&M. So uh, all that to say, there's I don't really have an indication based on his recruiting – history where he could potentially go a good fit would be ohio state i mean i think that everyone sees that ryan day needs an upgrade at quarterback and if ryan day is going to go to the transfer portal again for the first time since what justin fields why not go get this kid who's really flashed and develop him um ohio state is obviously always going to have weapons next year what it's going to be carnell tate carnell tate Brandon Ennis. Brandon Ennis and then probably Jeremiah Smith and Mylon Graham, the freshman. That's why I said it, it would be really, yeah. actually, in my opinion, if you're putting Connor Wigman there, Evan Stewart, go with him because you you will take over as the easy number one in that offense. Yeah, I, I would take a package deal of those two uh, to Ohio State, definitely. Ryan Day, who I shook his hand at the Massillon, Ohio Elite 11 two years ago, coach. Um. Okay, a couple, a little bit of housekeeping items here. Hey, if it's your first time joining us, we do have a uh, partnership with Home Field Apparel, vintage uh, retro Home Field Apparel there, college Home Field Apparel. Um, what's the promo code, Matthew? <laughs> we need Austin here. Is it Campus of the Can or C2C? C2C. It's C2C. The promo code is C2C. I think it gets you 15% off and it helps us a little bit. So go to Home Field Apparel and check those, those out. Check out the website if you haven't already. If you are checking us out for the first time and you're like, hmm, a campus to Canton fantasy league where I get to use college players and then follow their careers to the NFL, that sounds interesting. Well, you can get stuff at our website starting at $2.99 a month. $2.99 a month. We have a every year we have a freshman guide where we give you uh our analysis from a fantasy's perspective on on the freshman class. That's gonna be coming out in March. Um depth charts, rankings for I don't know. I, we probably have 800 players ranked in total. Player comparison charts. If you want to compare Evan Stewart's college career to, I don't know, Jamar Chase or Devontae Adams, you can do that at the website. Um, team profiles for all 133 FBS teams and depth charts for offense and defense. I don't, you can't even find that on the internet. This should be your source for college football. And by the way, there are some people who work at three letter networks. They are customers of ours. I'm not going to say who it is, but they are customers of ours. So, okay. Um, I think that's anything else for how, Oh, I guess we're on the road to 3000. <laughs> we've crossed 2000 so if you haven't already it's going to be hard it's going to be i don't know if it's going to be easier or harder to get to to, to 3000 now that we hit 2000 um go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already we appreciate it we're on the road to 3000 now 3000 subscribers for an independent college football brand not supported by any major company independent it's just you and i it's you and i um all right I want to go. I want to. I want to do an update on the year one zero theory. There are some folks in the chat here that I see that are, would be, you know, intimately familiar with what the year one zero theory is. If you are not familiar with it, I'd put the the article explaining what it is in the description box of the YouTube video, so you can check it out there. But in summary, uh, my colleague Austin Nace and Chris Moxley they developed this theory and then actually backed it up with numbers and analysis that if you do certain things your freshman year in college, your true freshman year, then you are more likely to be an impact NFL wide receiver. That's essentially it. And it's funny when you look at, um, uh, so I, I want to get an update on 2023, this freshman class to see where we're at and, uh, and then look at two, 2022 and bringing it up right here. So there are any one of eight thresholds uh, for a freshman wide receiver to cross and that means you've broken a year one zero threshold. You're no longer a year one zero. It's a certain number. I can't, I wish I had these. I should have had these in front of me. I don't, but it's a certain number of re receptions, certain number of receiving yards, certain number of rushing attempts, cer certain number of rushing yards, 
certain number of rushing TDs, cer certain number of touches overall, a certain number of scrimmage yards, a certain number of returns. Matthew, when you talk here after this, I will actually go to get the numbers to see what numbers they actually have to cross so we can, you know, people understand what, what the thresholds are. Um, but yeah, so I, I want, but just to kind of show you how this works, I'm going to go through here the players from last year's class who did not hit a year one zero threshold. And Matthew, you tell me if you want to have any of these players rostered. Okay. Um, Luther Burden was the number one wide receiver in the class. He actually uh, crossed all eight year one zero thresholds. There are only a couple, there are only like four other players to do that Stephon Diggs, Zachariah Branch, Luther Burden, and I can't remember who the fourth one is. is it I cannot remember who the. It wasn't AJ Brown, was it? Mike's in the chat. He'll let us know. I'm pretty sure yeah, he knows yeah. all of them because he always gets it. He oh. always gets it wrong. Okay. Um. So, uh, Luther Burden, he he crossed all. He he crossed at least one of the thresholds. So not a year one zero. Evan Stewart crossed one of them. At least one of them. He actually crossed four of them. Not a year one zero. Chris Marshall, who's not even in college football anymore. Was Chris Marshall in college? Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson was a, was the other one. Chris Marshall's not even in college football in, 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 anymore. Anyway, he crossed one of them. All right, here are the players that did not. I'm listing these based on how they were ranked on 24-7. Matthew, you tell me if you want if you want any of these players. Aaron Anderson. I do not. Emmanuel, do not. Emmanuel Henderson. No. Caden Saunders at Penn State. Nope. Shaz Preston. Where is Shaz Preston? Uh, that's a good question. Is he still at Alabama? Is Shaz uh, Preston still at Alabama? Probably okay. buried on the depth chart with uh, Ja'Cory Brooks. Yeah, that's that was such a weird. I I thought Ja'Cory Brooks was going to have his. I don't understand what's going on there. Um, C.J. Williams at USC, who's now at Wisconsin. Do you want to have him rostered? A.J. Green. I thought A.J. Green was going to be an excellent wide receiver. By the way, A.J. Green, year one zero. Kalen Brown at Ohio State, year one zero. Kion Graves, we loved him coming out of Arizona. By the way, he is absolutely going to enter the transfer portal, and he's going to go back to Jed Fish's Arizona. And he – clip this right now. I'm recording this on what? What is it? This is November. It's November 29th. It's 938 Eastern time. Keon Graves is going to transfer to Arizona and have a – 800-yard season next year for Jed Fish's team, catching passes from Noah Fafita. Um, write it down. Um, who else? Okay, here are the other. This is the, uh, a lot of these here. Tobias Merriweather, Taylor Shetron, Brennan Thompson, Caleb Burton, Tyler Morris, Isaiah Satagna at Arkansas, Darius Clemens at Michigan. He had actually had a good spring game that freshman year. I thought he was going to you know, be all right. Uh, Jaleel Tucker and Kyle Cast. Kyler Casper, I don't even I don't even know who those two guys are at uh at Oregon. Oregon. Co uh, Kojo Antwi. Um Jaden Gibson was a year one zero, but is actually Jaden Gibson might be the one guy we've mentioned here yeah. that you'd be like, okay, he has a, a future. Um I mean, I don't think you need to name all of them. There's nobody well, else worth like there's Ant nobody else worth naming. Christian Driver, Anthony Ivy. Nobody knows who those people are. I mean, yeah, their family true. knows who they are. Okay, the only, so only, I guess, the only one worthy of naming on the list because we, as a company, were so high on him was DJ Allen. We we yeah, had him very high, and that was that's true. That's that was true. a miss for us. Was it DJ Allen? Who DJ Allen was teammates with? Uh, who's the guy at SMU now? Um, I don't think he was, but I don't think there was anybody else good on that team, personally, if I'm remembering correctly. I have the stats, by the way, if you'd like to. To know. There's that wide receiver that uh that Todd loves, Jordan Hudson. Who, Jordan Hudson didn't weren't Jordan Hudson and, and DJ Allen teammates in high school? I thought no, okay, no. DJ Allen played in like Gladewater, I believe, if I remember correctly. It was a very small school. Okay, okay, all right. So anyway, that's the 2022 freshman class. So you yeah. see, you know, <laughs> none of those guys took a jump in 2023. None of them really did, except for Jaden Gibson. Except for Jaden Gibson. All right, here's the data on 2023. So this is want, this year's. Go do ahead. you want me to give the stats really quick? I have it pulled up. Oh, 
the um what you, you the need. thresholds yes. yeah, okay yeah, all right so matthew give us the threat because i i said generally what you need give us specifically what you need to cross a so, at least one year one zero yeah. threshold give us the eight thresholds so for the reception side of things you either need to get 10 receptions or a hundred receiving yards in a season for the rushing side five rush attempts 15 rush yards one rushing touchdown uh, and then the, what is the last one? Special teams, uh, 10 touches, 115 scrimmage. I'm sorry. Yeah. 10 touches, 115 scrimmage yards or five returns. No, I'm sorry. Touchdowns, 10 touchdowns total. My bad. Not touches, 10 touchdowns. That's it. There you go. Some of those. So if you cross, you only need to cross one of those, Yeah. but there is some correlation to, if you, if you cross multiple thresholds, then your odds of being an impact player just increase. So that's uh, I think that that's a good enough explanation. So here's, all right. So here's the update for uh, 2023. Zachariah Branch, of course, he he's he crossed all of them actually. Deuce Robinson, he crossed three. Here's where we get the sad news. Jerrion Dickey, year one zero. Yeah. I I somebody please tell Jerrion Dickey played linebacker, defensive end, cornerback, safety wide receiver in high school and was good at all of them. Yeah. I mean, he's probably like 215 pounds or something like that. You, He might be able to play linebacker at Oregon. And he has gotten nothing. And they've had blowouts. He's yeah. gotten nothing. He is a year one zero, and I don't understand why. There's a couple people on this list that I think still have a chance to break it because bowl games count. Marvin Harrison yeah. Jr. would have been a year one zero had he not he had did, the bowl yeah. game. If Oregon was <laughs> the ball game where uh, Utah had running backs yeah, playing yes. uh, playing corner. If if Oregon doesn't make the playoffs, I could see Tez and Troy skipping the bowl game. Oh yeah. So oh, there yeah. is a shot Jerry on Dickey does it because again, always got to if he can get whatever five receptions, you want whatever he he could make a hundred yards. It's probably not likely the prob- for him the to problem get hundred is- yards in, the, in one game, but it's possible. Even if they don't, even if Tez Johnson and Troy Franklin don't play, they still got Gary Bryant Jr. there, who's who's yeah. kind of having an excellent season after transferring from from USC. And who there's another, there's a fourth guy who's good. I can't remember who it is. Well, maybe um, he'll get the one rushing touchdown because he's so athletic yeah. and that crosses. He, he listen he from a size and athleticism comparison. Yeah. Jerry on Dickey. I I thought Jerry on Dickey could have been the number one wide receiver uh, in this class. Um, all right, so Jerrion Dickey, he's a year one zero. Jonte Cook, he's crossed two thresholds. He's good. <laughs> now, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because this next one we predict, predicted. Uh, Hakeem Williams, year one zero. Hakeem Williams, year one zero. I actually wrote the profile on Hakeem Williams in the freshman guide. And, uh, you know, anyway. Um, Brandon Ennis, your Ohio State Buckeyes, year one zero, but I think that he's close to crossing at least one he's, threshold. So he's we'll forty yards away from reception yards and mm-hmm. fifty from scrimmage yards. So he's got. I think there's a shot he plays in the bowl game because Mecca and Marvin are both not playing. So and know. he likely is that next guy. Out of, I think he crosses at least one. At least one. Uh, Jalen Hale at Alabama, Makai Lemon at USC. They're good. Noah Rogers at Ohio State, not good. Uh, Ryan Niblett at Texas, not good. By the way, uh, DeAndre Moore, one of my favorite wide receivers in this class who can run after the catch. He actually played corner at Los Alamitos. He played with um, who? He played with Malachi Nelson. He played with Makai Lemon yeah. for one yeah. year, but he was there at Los Alamitos. Uh, I love DeAndre Moore. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get to this somewhere on this list. He's a year one zero. Yes, he is. Um, Ryan Niblett at Texas, year one zero. Malachi Coleman. Ooh, thank God. Malachi Coleman has finally crossed a couple of thresholds. Malachi Coleman has started uh, for for. Oh, uh, let me back up here. Malachi Coleman at Nebraska. We talk about Jerrion Dickey being an excellent two way player at, uh, in high school. Malachi Coleman. Malachi. They thought Malachi Coleman was going to be a defensive end. You see him line up there and coming around the edge. Super athletic wide receiver. Um, kind of turned into a tall, lanky guy. Wasn't getting on the field. At least the funny thing is I saw – so I went to the Colorado game when they played uh, Nebraska. He was on kickoff. He was there on kickoff because I think he's number 15, but he wasn't getting in on on offense. He's getting more snaps on offense now, um, and he is – 
he is he's good. He's good. He's passed two. He's passed two year one zero thresholds. Uh, Jalen Brown at LSU, Nathan Leacock at Tennessee. Nathan Leacock was a late riser in the recruiting rankings, year one zero. Uh Jaquez Petaway, uh at at is Jaquez Petaway the one who Oklahoma didn't yeah, at Oklahoma, but who was the player at Oklahoma, the athletic guy at the wide receiver who had to go to JUCO and couldn't it's it's Brown. Uh, Somebody Brown. Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember the first name, but Brown, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Treshawn Holden. Sal is telling me Treshawn Holden is the player that I'm thinking about at uh at Oregon. So I mean, even if even if Tez Johnson and uh and and Troy Franklin don't play, it's not like Jerry on yeah. just gonna Keon start. Brown, Mike Valerie to the rescue. Yeah, yes, yeah, Brown. that's where we, there we go. Uh Sheldon Sampson, Sampson, Aiden Williams, Tyler Williams at Georgia, Cordell. All right, let me start with those three. All three of those guys, year one zeros. If you want, like, who could win a college wide receiver dunk contest? Cordell Russell at at TCU would be right up there. Doesn't really matter. Year one zero, he's crossed none of the thresholds. He hasn't, and he had good reports coming out of camp. He had good reports coming out of camp and has not crossed any of the thresholds. Aiden Mizell uh, at Florida, I guess, uh, uh, What's your boy's name? The the other freshman. God, why, why am I forgetting? It's so there are 133 teams at Florida. Come on, what do you mean? Who am I talking about? He's having he's having one of the best freshman seasons in. The oh country. God, I don't know. That's Collins' boy too. Austin yelled at him for for the start <laughs> conversation, and he was right. What? Now I can't even think of what his name is. Uh, uh, Eugene Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eugene, Eugene Wilson. Wilson. Like, yeah, yeah. Listen, I promise, guys. We're we're we do this. We're good. Uh, don't we're good. It's just hard when you you got it's 133 FPS team. So when you're going through names here off the top of your head, sometimes you have brain parts. And I could have just looked at this list because he's next year. Uh, Eugene Wilson, of course, he Eugene Wilson has crossed all but two of the year one zero thresholds. Um. Anyway, I was talking about Cordell Russell. He might be the most athletic wide receiver in this class. Doesn't matter. He's a year one zero. Uh, Braylon James at Notre Dame, year one zero. Jaden Greathouse at Notre Dame, coming out of Texas, a productive player there. We knew that speed was an issue for, for him, kind of built like a tight end. He has crossed one, two, three, four year one zero thresholds. Let's see who else is worthy of talking about on this. Else is talking about on this list. Uh, Rico Flores Jr., yeah. who played with, okay, let me remember this. So Rico Flores Jr., Played with Austin Mack. Austin Mack is now uh, of he de- he declared early. Yeah, he de- coming out of California, he reclassified. That's what I'm looking for. He, Austin Mack, a six foot six lanky quarterback, reclassified and joined Washington a year early. His two wide receivers were Rico Flores Jr. and and Ontario Smith's son in high school. Ontario Smith from. You know the the love boat at the the Minnesota Vikings. That Ontario Smith, his son. That was uh that was uh, uh Rico Flores' two teammates. One I don't even know. Uh, Ontario Smith Jr. is at like Sacramento State or something like that. Rico Flores went to Notre Dame, and Austin Mack, the quarterback, went to Washington. So um, Rico Flores, Rico Flores is actually actually leads Notre Dame. Um, amongst receivers in receptions. Mitchell Evans is the leading receiver overall, but Rico Flores leads amongst receivers. Uh, who else is worthy of talking? Tayshawn Lyons coming out of what? Long Beach? I think it's Long Beach, California. He's a, another guy at Washington, a raw player. I really like Tayshawn Lyons, but yeah, year one zero. I think we um, we kind of expected that, though. I think I wrote up the yeah. Lyons profile. We kind no, of I we did. still think I he's – I wrote the Lions Oh, you did – yeah, I know we've talked about. I still think he's a player to roster, though. I think he's going to be fine moving forward for your CFF purposes. But yeah, we kind of expected. I, I did want to address one more that I think is a big deal. We were very high on him. He was lower ranked. We said he was going to be the best wide receiver at that school. That and Sal mentioned him in the chat. Vandrevius Jacobs. Mm-hmm. I think he actually has a State. shot to cross multiple year one zeros because I don't know that Florida State is going to make the playoffs. And if they don't, I think he gets a shot to play in the bowl game. He's only 40 yards away. He is three reception. I'm sorry, is it three? Well, he's not going to get, I don't think he's getting three touchdowns. He is 50 scrimmage yards away and he is three receptions away. So, I mean, he's close. He's close to multiple year one zeros. I think, I think he could probably cross at least one of those. 
If you want uh, more information on the year one zero theory and how it was developed and all the statistics behind it, you can check the link in the description box. I'm pretty sure I put it on there, but I'm not sure if I saved the changes. So go ahead and check that out. By the way, all the articles and everything at campuskin.com, it's free. It's just once you get to the rankings, tools, and all that stuff where you have to, it's behind a paywall. We want to be a part of your everyday. If you're a college football fan, come be a, uh, a part of your, uh, make us a part of your your routine. All right, um, Matt, the last couple of days, uh, it, it's been crazy between coach hirings and players reportedly entering the transfer portal, whether they are or not. And then you saw, um, who's my man, KJ Jefferson. It was reported that he was entering the transfer portal, and he just put a loud Instagram uh, message saying, "I have not made my decision yet." Watch him end up at South Carolina like on Monday, where they say it's a it's a done deal. So, uh, but KJ Jefferson, yeah, he that's not who. But anyway, it is transfer portal coach hirings and all that stuff. I want to get into a few of those things here. Um, Jeff Levy to Mich- to Mississippi State. I I want to talk about that because. Jackson Arnold, the backup behind uh, uh, Dylan Gabriel there, is a player we are all very – last year's quarterback class, very highly touted. There are five guys that were five stars. Not only were they five stars, but we also thought that they were legitimate five stars, like they deserved uh, that lofty recruiting pedigree. Jackson Arnold was one, Nico Iamalieva, um, Dante Moore, Arch Manning, and Malachi, Malachi Nelson. Nelson. And Malachi Nelson. But with Jackson Arnold, I thought that he was the perfect fit for Jeff Levy's system, which is RPO. They do some read option. They get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly. Like he reminded me a little. Now he doesn't have the arm talent of Matt Corral. Matt Corral could throw the ball probably a hundred yards, but the way he moved from a size perspective, what I thought he would be good at, he reminded me of Matt Corral. Now Jeff Levy is at Mississippi State. Are you worried that, and let's not forget, at Oklahoma, Brent Venables, defensive guy. (laughs) Very much a defensive guy. Are you worried that, you know, without Jeff Levy there, that that could be a problem for for Jackson Arnold? No, because he made the hire to bring Jeff Levy over. I I think he knows that he's, he seems to me the head coach is like, I'm just going to take care of the defense. I'm going to let someone else run the offense. I, I don't watch a ton of Oklahoma games, so I'm sure I'll get corrected by this by, by Nate Marquise, who's our Oklahoma insider on the team, knows a lot more about Oklahoma than he, he forgets more about Oklahoma than I'll, I'll ever learn. I think that he will make, I hope that he makes a smart hire. So right now I'm not worried about the move because I don't think Venables is going to bring in some like we're going to run first and not really pass because he brought Levy in and he's thrown the ball a ton. So I'm not necessarily worried about it at this moment. I, I, it'll be interesting to see if Dylan Gabriel, quote unquote, enters the transfer portal, uh, you, you know, uh, because he has another year of eligibility left, which is crazy to me. Um but he can enter the transfer portal as a grad transfer. And, and, and he's going to Mississippi State. He's going to Mississippi State. Jackson Arnold is starting at OU next year. And Dylan Gabriel is starting at Mississippi State uh, next year. Um, yeah, take him with you. Jonathan Smith to, Missis- to Michigan State. Obviously coming from Oregon State. Aiden Childs is a player we were very high on. We were high, high, high enough on him that we actually interviewed him I don't know, in the summer or so. You can check out that interview if you haven't already. Uh, just type just type into you, your YouTube page, uh, Campus to Canton and Aiden Childs. The interview will come up. He he has looked excellent, you know, getting the drive here and there, uh, taking over for DJ Uyunglele. I love the way they've used him, really do. Really, like, just get his feet wet, have him do some things that DJ you can't. I think he's completing... I don't like 70 something percent uh, of his passes. If you don't know, Aiden, Aiden we, Los Alamitos is coming up a lot here uh, tonight uh, uh, for what his first two or three years it was his first two years. Um, Aiden Childs backed up Malachi Nelson at Los Alamitos. Didn't get the job. He ends up transferring and then, you know, has success. I can't remember the, the, um, the school that he went to, but he was also at Los Alamitos. So, um, okay. Um, Aiden Childs to Michigan State, you you buying or selling that one? 
I really don't know. I I would like it because I've talked very favorably as has Chris Moxley on this show about what we think about Jonathan Smith as a as an offensive mind in the game and what he's been able to do specifically with quarterbacks, especially bad ones. And I think Aiden Child is a very good one. That whole room has transferred. Noah Kim entered the portal. Sam Levitt, Caden Hauser. So, like, there's nobody there right now, which to me tells me that they know that some, I think they know someone's coming with them. Levitt made the most sense in leaving because he played football in Oregon, actually won a state championship in Oregon, and Jonathan Smith never even tried recruiting him. So, like, when Sam Levitt saw that coming, it made sense that he left. Uh, I, I don't know I, if I was Kim, I probably would have stayed, but yeah, the whole room's gone. So it would make sense for him to go with Jonathan Smith. I think with his rushing upside, you don't have to be as worried as from a fantasy side of things that they don't really have any good wide receivers, but I don't know if he will or won't. He seems to be very back and forth about it on social media as well. So I really don't know what he, I would like him to go with Jonathan Smith. I don't want him to stay at Oregon state. Cause I don't, we don't even know what Oregon state's going to be moving forward. Currently. We don't know what Michigan state's going to be either. I mean, Michigan state has had two wide receivers under the transfer portal. It's not like they have, you know, some weapons that maybe if Jeremy Bernard was still there, if Jeremy Bernard was still there. He could be catching passes from Aiden Childs. That would be a good combo. I don't know. I, I don't really know what to make of it. I don't. We guess. I guess, I guess we got to see. Have, has Oregon State made a hire that I just missed? I don't think that. Oregon no, State they have is, not yet. You know, if it's not going to is Ben Goldbranson is still at Oregon, right? He just he's the third string guy. So I mean, I don't. know. Maybe you have Ben Goldbranson go to 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 East Lansing. Um. Okay. Um. I I kind of want to. This there's no movement here, but I did want to just put this down. I think. With Ohio State and Michigan, the game kind of just being fresh on my mind when I drafted the show sheet, just thinking about what's going to happen at that school next year because they're Marvin Harrison's gone, Travion Henderson's gone, Emeka Abuka is probably gone, Cade Stover is gone. Um, is Kyle McCord going to be the starting quarterback there next year? I mean, I would say the odds right now favor him to be. I, I I think it's way too early to say. Nate chimes in, by the way. I'm surprised you're watching live here, Nate. Uh, that they hired defensive uh, defensive coach Bray as their new head coach. So Oregon State did hire somebody. Uh, yeah, I would say the money leans toward Kyle McCord right now. Um, he wasn't good. He wasn't horrible. Ryan Day has not been a guy who typically goes to the transfer portal for a quarterback now maybe if a connor wigman shows interest there was you know i'll just say rumors that they went after drake may you know i won't say if that's true or false and drake may is a game-changing quarterback i I think that it they will go into the spring with another battle of devin brown kyle mccord maybe devin brown's able to take him over i mean i think it's not unfair to say if you're not a fan of what Kyle McCord did this year, I think you have to be a little skeptical of what Devin Brown wasn't able to do in beating him out because there are a lot of rumors that Ryan day held onto that competition as long as he did, because he wanted Devin Brown to prove he was better than Kyle McCord. And he couldn't do that. And then Kyle McCord didn't go out there and light the world on fire. So I think you have to have questions about Devin Brown then as well. I don't think Lincoln Kineholds is going to be the guy to just step up and be the quarterback. So I imagine they're going to go into spring at the battle of those two. And I would lean toward Kyle McCord probably winning it again. If Brown doesn't transfer. Whew, man. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, all right. I don't know what options they have. To, I mean, Devin. So, okay. Devin, Devin Brown's transferring. Devin Brown is absolutely transferring. Obviously, he's from Utah. I don't think he's going to go to Utah or Utah State. Went to Corner Canyon, the same high school as uh, Zach Wilson. Zach, Zach Wilson has a little brother, uh, Isaac. Is it Isaac? Jackson Isaac Wilson. Dart, yes, Isaac Wilson. He's Jackson Dart also the, went to Canyon Corner. I, I don't – did I know that? Oh, I know that. Jackson, Jackson Dart I went I didn't realize well. Jackson Dart was yeah. there. I'm almost positive there's another quarterback that went there, too. I'm pretty sure there's three very famous quarterbacks that played at Corner Canyon. Anyway, there, there's this uh, – Corner Canyon elite as far as, far as it goes for uh, developing very good quarterback recruits. Um, I, Devin Brown is still, in my opinion, a great quarterback prospect. 
And I know he's got that number 33 on his back. He's going to be in his third year next year. Come on, man. You cannot stay at Ohio State. You got to go get a chance somewhere else. Go to Purdue. Go to uh, go to Washington. I don't think Washington's going to try to get a guy who's more established. But I, I really believe. I still believe in. I've even traded for Jordan for uh, Devin Brown. I traded Spencer Rattler. I traded Spencer Rattler and Devin Neal for Devin Brown and uh, and uh, who's the who's the athletic quarterback at Auburn. I forgot uh, Robbie Ashford. Oh yeah, my boy Robbie Ashford. This this was in the off season when it looked like Devin Brown had a chance to start at Ohio State. I thought I was getting a steal. I still think I'm getting a steal because I think Devin Brown has a future. He's going to be a third year. He's going to go somewhere and he's going to ball out. Just I would have said Missouri, but Missouri, but Brady Cook is, is going to be excellent there. Um, let, let me know in the comments in the chat. Devin, where's the landing spot for a quarterback who has, you know, dual threat ability, great arm, who just who just isn't proven? I can't think of any place where I would put Devin Brown. I just know that if I'm a coach and I need a quarterback, sign me up for this kid. I still like him. I still like him. All right. Um, let's finish up here. Just looking forward to championship week, Matt. Uh, I don't know if there are, there's anything that you are looking forward to. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Jamie Chadwell in Liberty finishing with an undefeated season. This is after Jamie Chadwell had that 2020 season with uh, with uh, Coastal Carolina that ended with that that great BYU game where BYU just scheduled them at the last minute. Jamie Chadwell is, is is it Liberty? I think Liberty is a private school. Also, I gotta believe that Liberty is a private school. I mean, Jamie Chadwell is a hell of a coach. So can they finish a, a an undefeated season? I'm so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the Pac-12 championship because. <laughs> it's like right after Washington beat uh, Oregon earlier this year, right after that game, the line was, oh, yeah, if they played again, it would be Oregon by 10. And if you look at the uh, the line now, it's Oregon by nine and a half. Oregon is favored. So can Washington get back on track? Since that USC game, Michael Penix Jr. is only completing 52.6% of his passes. Now, he had the Oregon State game. The weather was ridiculous in that game. Michael Penix Jr. Jr.'s passes tend to be of a higher difficulty down the field anyway. But, I mean, you take those three games out, the rest of the season he's completing 70% of his passes. The last three he's completing 52.6% of his passes. He's only had one interception in those three games since USC, but he's had a ton of interceptable passes. He's had a ton of interceptable passes. He looked a lot like, you know, that Indiana, Indiana bad Michael Penix Jr. So can he get back on track? Because he's still in the Heisman conversation. Both of these guys are. Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. Um, but I'm going to be looking forward to that game on Friday, by the way, on Friday. And then the last thing I'm looking forward to is is Chuck Martin getting another MAC championship. Chuck, Chuck Martin, my coach at Grand Valley State, um, the 2019 MAC, cha- MAC champions, uh, uh, Miami of Ohio, I don't think that they had ever won a MAC championship before. Here we here we are in 2023. He's going for his second MAC championship. The year before Chuck took took over in 2013, they were they went 0 and 12. They went from 0 and 12 to the MAC championship. Um, but I want to mention his name because that Indiana job is open. Unless somebody correct me if I'm wrong, that Indiana job is still open. They fired Tom. They fired Tom Allen. And Chuck is a Midwest Midwest guy, was at Grand Valley State in Allendale, Michigan, right outside of Grand Rapids, went from there to Notre Dame. So he was in Indiana. He's from Chicago, I believe. Yeah, I think he's from Chicago. Indiana would be the the perfect job for him. So those are the the things that I'm looking forward to here in championship week. Um, Indiana, hire Chuck Martin. You got anything, Matt? Yeah, I am honestly looking forward to every game but the Michigan-Iowa game. That's going to be arguably the worst game of of the entire um, championship weekend. I think every single one of these games, including the MAC, is going to be a lot of fun. Another one I'm looking forward to that I don't know a lot of people will be turning tuning into is SMU versus Tulane. Now, obviously, Preston Stones really what I don't know if it's been announced exactly what happened, but he had a pretty gruesome looking leg injury last week. So I don't think he plays. They're still favored to win. 
this game. I know Tulane is, uh, I get, I think getting three and a half, but like the matchup predictor on ESPN has them to win 72.5% with Alex Padilla as their quarterback. So I'll be very interesting. Mike Valerie says broken leg. Thank you, Mike. Uh, that's one that I'm looking forward to. I mean, obviously the Washington Oregon game, I think is arguably either that or Georgia Alabama are going to be the best games of the weekend. I mean, that that's going to be one hell of a game and I'm glad it's on in that mid window. I don't know why they didn't put any better games on in the late window. I'm looking. I'm I'm so looking forward to that Georgia Alabama game that I'm yeah. going to watch it sober. That's how. That's how, I mean, how, I, like how said, much I'm looking forward to that one. I mean, all of them. Like I said, I think the only one you could argue is not going to be a game. Good game is probably Michigan Iowa. That's it. I mean, even even though Florida State is not going to have Jordan Travis, I think that's likely going to be a good game against Louisville. That's their opportunity to make the playoffs. I think if they win, they're in, regardless of Jordan Travis not being there. Troy Appalachian State with Troy's defense is going to likely be a good game. Boise State, UNLV. UNLV's actually had a really good year this year. Miami, Ohio, Toledo. And then, I mean, you got first game that kicks off with Miami, Toledo, Oklahoma State, Texas. I mean, I know Texas is favored by 15 and a half, Talked about it multiple times here. Like, Quinn Ewers plays down a competition. I don't know that they're going to blow Oklahoma State out, and this is their shot to possibly make the playoffs as well. I think that could be a close game. I, I wanted a Oklahoma-Texas rematch. We're going to get Oklahoma State-Texas. I think that has a chance to be a good game as well. So I think every single game is going to be a lot of fun this weekend. We're going to get a chance uh, to talk about Saturday morning. Join us for the tailgate. Oh, yeah, we are going to do a pregame show on Saturday that we do all season, the tailgate. Usually we're answering start and sit, qu- sit questions, but the college fantasy uh, football playoffs are over. But we're still going to be here with you um, on Saturday morning. I'm going to be doing it remotely. I'm going to be doing it remotely. If you are new around here, the Debbie Debate is you – we've been live – 99.9% of the time right here on Wednesday nights. Sometimes we give ourselves a break and we pre-record, um, but usually we are here live. So if you like college football talk, you want to join us, come here uh, on Wednesday nights. I think that's the show. That's it, right? All right. That's going to be our show for tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. You ran out of time. We'll get him rescheduled soon. For Matt Bruning, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night and good luck.